Blog Talk Radio. Several gay 
community. Mm-hmm. And that's about it. All right. Well, we're going to go to the line.
I mean, better to say it here than, you know, on Grindr or Scruff or, right. any, or any other dating app. Because, oh. I mean, I mean I'm, I'm, let's be real. Mm-hmm. I mean, we, there's a lot of tension going on in this community. Oh, yes. And, I agree. And it, uh-huh. it, it needs to be, like, if we, if we do that, you know, then we can finally come together. And, you know, since the topic that we gave it to you, um, I think we need to start off with our first, you know, episode. And, you know, I'm going to go into detail about that when it's my turn again. But, mm-hmm. you know, I want everyone else to have a chance to, uh, to say what's on their mind uh, before I have a chance to say what's on mine. All right. Now, Jonathan, um, what, is, what is your definition? Well, first of all, pretty much uh, the question at hand is... Uh, what was the question, girl? <laughs> yeah, the expectations of the podcast. All right. Well, I guess my expectation of the podcast is, you know, we want to shine light on local, state, national, and international LGBT issues. Um, want to support our communities even more. And I just want to, you know, bring more equality and more justice right. out there. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's really lacking in certain key areas of the United States. Um, I think that our administration is really uh, trying to reverse the progress that we've made. And I think there's certain factions out there are, uh, trying to win the battle, but I know that they're not going to win the war. So mm-hmm. I think that as long as we really and really get people engaged, then I think we're going to make a difference. All right. Now, Tyler, um, like, what what is your expectations from you know for this podcast, and what would would you like to see um, done with this platform that we're presenting to the to the people? I really just want us to have a a space where we can uh, bring forth a little bit of honesty and a little bit of forthrightness to some of the issues that have been going on. I feel like a lot of times what we get is, um, from a lot of the mainstream gay voices are a lot of like work hard, it'll get better sort of, um, sort of platitudes. And I feel like we need a little bit more honesty. We need to like present these issues, these things that are really affecting our communities, these things that are, 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 are harming us and are, are doing like great harm to us as individuals and as our community and mm. uh, really nail those things down and, and point those things out and try to give a voice to the people who are here on the ground level feeling this every day, this, this life that is a, a queer person's life. All right. That sounds good. I just want to say before we get started, because um, I'm just going to run rundown of what we're going to talk about today. Obviously, you guys see the 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 title of the show, What is Gay Pride? But I also want to talk about um, Indie Pride. Just, uh, what did you guys like about it? What didn't you like about it? Um, we're going to talk about just the whole, uh, what's the term I'm looking for? Like how it became so corporate in recent years. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. the importance of allies and what is an ally. So we're going to talk about that. And also, if we have time, because um, I know we're going to try to rush through these topics, I want to talk about the, the recent killings of trans women. 
like I don't know if you guys have been hearing a lot in the media, there's been several attacks on gay gay men, but mostly transgender women this year. So the whole issue of trans rights, we're going to talk about that today. But my my hope for this platform is, I, like Tyler said, I want a safe place where we can have honest dialogue because I feel so many times a lot of the mainstream platforms that are out here for LGBTQ, it's so superficial. We don't really talk about mm-hmm. the issues that are really plaguing our community. We don't, and then everybody wants to tiptoe around certain issues. And here mm-hmm. on the Urban Wire Network, I've always wanted to have different uh, platforms where we can just be upfront and honest because, you know, Indianapolis is my home. I've, I'm here, you know, I'm, I've been living in Naptown all my life and a part of the LGBT community for years. And it's just a lot of politic, politics that are going on in the community, a lot of just issues that people are afraid to tackle. You know what I'm saying? And I think with a city this size, we need to kind of uh, get on cold and get get on point. You know what I'm saying? So that is just my thing. And also, I just want to, with this platform, I want to kind of shed the light on people that are doing positive in the community, like different organizations, different uh you know, just just different talent, just just kind of just showcasing what we have as the LGBT community because we we are a pretty nice sized city, but I don't think that we get the play that we deserve. So I just hope that we can all respect each other's opinions and just you know anybody that does call in, you know you know just let's just do this in love because that's all we really have at the end of the day. Like you know, it's time out for all the the hate and the foolishness and everything else. So I'm going to um, let everybody know you can call in because I have a lot of people that are on live, that were on live following this um, live. If you want to call in, join the conversation, you can call us at area code 646-595-3515. Once again, that's 646-595-3515. Now, I want to start off with um, the history of well, not the hits. I'm going to do that here in a little bit. But I just want to do a recap of Indie Pride. As you guys know, this is currently Indie Pride's weekend, uh, official Pride weekend. And I'm going to go to a clip really quick from WTHR 13, kind of outlining, you know, the whole weekend. And I'm going to come back, and we're going to come back with the rest of our commentary. The Indianapolis Pride Festival is just wrapping up in downtown Indy tonight. Today was a chance for people to really celebrate and be proud of who they are. Tens of thousands attended the Pride Parade along Mass Ave and the festival at Military Park. Our Anna Carrera explains why this was such an important day for families in our community. The crowd started stretching down Mass Ave long before the parade started. For one couple, today was a day of extra celebration. We're here to celebrate Pride. It's our one-year anniversary tomorrow, so we're coming out to just be with our people, be free, not just. When I first started coming, the parade was like 15 minutes, so to see how much it's grown is really impressive, and how much more our communities accept it is great. A group of local moms offered their support, saying they know 
some people in the LGBTQ community don't get the love they deserve. It's just something that I that I enjoy being a part of. Um, it's part of my family, and my kids are supportive of my family members, and we're out here to support everybody. That's all. After the parade, people headed to Military Park. There were hundreds of performers on three different stages. Entertaining crowds in the thousands all day long. Organizers say this is all about community. We've absolutely come a long way, but for especially our trans and non-binary family, they're still experiencing a lot of persecution, a lot of oppression and discrimination, even from the highest levels of government, and even in the past year. This is the one day a year where we can be ourselves with people who are just like us, and we don't have to educate the public, we don't have to explain who we are, we can just be with each other, and that's me special. The day's wish to just be along with everyone else. They can see us, they can love us. They can embrace us for the beautiful parts of society that we are. It's not, we need to boast that we're gay. It's just that we're proud that we can live free right now and just, you know, express our happiness, express our love. Reporting in downtown Indianapolis, I'm Anna Carrera, Channel 13 Eyewitness News. All right, we are back. Now, um, I'm, I'm assuming, Tyler, I'm, I'm assuming that you went to Pride 2 this year, right? Of course, I know you did. Of course I did. Okay, mm-hmm. so I'm just gonna make sure. <laughs> like, of course. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, I'm gonna tell of you. Of course, I was there. <laughs> yeah, I, that's the reason. I, I don't even need to ask that. Because I know everybody else here went. Um, Philip, uh, I'm, I'm gonna start off with you. What did you think about Pride this year? Um, and, like, what do you see as opportunities of growth? And what were some of the good things that you saw? Well, like I said, you know, at the beginning of this podcast, I'm new to Indianapolis. I've only lived here for about six years. I'm originally from South Bend, and as well as many of you know, my former mayor is running for president, uh, Pete Buttigieg. Mm-hmm. Um, he's our first gay mayor in South Bend, Indiana. And, you know, coming to Indianapolis, I'm thinking, okay, well, maybe the, maybe the gay community and the awareness and the love and, the, you, know, you know, just the camaraderie is, you know, a lot more apparent in a bigger city than in South Bend, where it's just like, okay, it's, you know, about maybe, what, two or three hours away from Chicago, so maybe, maybe you know, there's a few Chicagoans there, you know, amongst mm-hmm. the group of missing gay community. Um, I felt that, you know, I, I've i been to Indie Pride for uh, the first time I went was in uh, 2014. So th- it's been a long time since, you know, this year I went. Um, I, I mean, I'm not going to lie. I wasn't impressed. Mm. And maybe maybe I'm being picky or maybe because I missed uh, what happened earlier. But I'm going to be real with everyone here, you know. Small park. When I was there in 2014, it took uh, it took place in front of the library in the large mall area. That was a large space that you know you plenty of room to breathe, to roam around after the parade. 
I really feel like we did have a lot of support, a lot more support from our allies, from our straight allies. Uh, I know that Seneca, you and I have mutual friends where um, they came to support us. Mm-hmm. And to me, that is um, that really means something because when I came out 20 years ago, I didn't have a lot of support. In fact, right. I had a lot of pushback. I was told, you know, I was going to hell and mm-hmm. I was bullied. And, um, yeah, yeah. and of course, that was the that was the culture back then. Because I'm from Terre Haute, Ooh. and mm. you know, that was very rural, a very rural mindset. Um, and you know, if you come out in Terre Haute or even places that are smaller than that, you know, the chances of you getting bullied and possibly even killed are pretty high. Mm-hmm. And you know, no one really bats an eye when that when that sort of thing happens. So I'm glad to see in 20 years that it's really um, it's really come a long way. And one thing I really noticed in my travels around Indiana, even even hearing a lot of other little small town prides like Spencer, Bloomington, Lafayette, South Bend now, Jeffersonville. And last year I went to Vincennes first ever pride last year. And they were small, but they made a gigantic statement in a very, very isolated place of Indiana that really does need pride and that needs to tell all these people out there that, you know, come out wherever you are, mm-hmm. be who you are, don't hide it. Um, that's what I really got from, um, that's why I get some pride every year. But at one thing I really think that Pride, at least Indianapolis, can do better is I really think, and this is just really logistical, um, I think it just needs to be in a bigger venue than where it's at now because I think it's too compact. And I, I think that may have to do with the organization trying to coordinate with the city. But that's, that's probably a subject for another time. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that they're. I think they're trying, um, and I think that they're on the right path. Um, I I would like to see um, maybe some minute changes, um, but just for the better. I mean, right now I think it's it could be better, um, and that's yeah, that's from a. Okay. All right, Tyler. Um, I know me and you, I I remember I met Tyler at work. Um, You've been pretty cool for the past couple years and stuff, and me and him was just like uh, talking. We remember, yeah, we we can remember a lot of the same same things that uh, coming up in Indianapolis, just a lot of the same people and just like just a lot of the same experience right. he had. You know, I really relate to Tyler on a lot of his viewpoints of different things that are going on in the city. So, Tyler, can you tell us what what were some of the pros and cons about this year's uh, Indy Pride from your perspective? Yeah. As, as Seneca said, we've actually kind of had this conversation before, but um, 
Pride, um, especially here in Indy, uh, has always had a, a really interesting relationship with organization. As Jonathan was saying earlier, organization has never been Indy Pride's, like, strong suit. Um, but aside from, like, the simple organizational problems, I think that when it comes to the pros, which I feel like need to be the focus whenever we talk about something like Pride, the pros are all about visibility. As Jonathan was saying, the, the famous um, Harvey Milk quote, come out, come out wherever you are. Like, that's not just, you know, for us. That's not uh, just something that we need to tell ourselves as out gay men, but that's something that we need to live, especially in some, some place, some space that's so visible like pride. Our openness, our outness at some place like pride is not just for ourselves. Like, I go because I want to be in a space that is, that allows me to be the out gay man that I am always, but allows me to be that in a public space. But I recognize that that is not the only purpose for pride. It's the, it's the, the purpose of pride in, in, in another way is that we get to take our masks off, our, our straight world masks, and we are visible to people who can't take those masks off, to the kids who are growing up in these small towns that I grew up in, that Jonathan grew up in. Like, these are, these are the people that need to see us as the Absolutely. amazing queer people that we are. And the more, the more um, regressive among us, the, the more, uh, I don't want to use this term, but straight acting among us would like us to kind of tone down the queer during these out moments, these times where we are out in public. And I think that that's the exact opposite of what we need to do. We need to be authentically everything queer that we can be. We need to push forward those people in our community that are marginalized, even in our own communities. Those are the people that need to be in the spotlight during Pride. We need to all, as a queer community, need to stand in the spotlight during Pride and tell the world this is who we are so that the world can see us and so that those people who can't be visible can see us and take pride in themselves and in us and in our community. So I think that that's, that's what I like to try to focus on whenever there's a discussion about Pride. Um, specifically about Indianapolis Pride, I fully agree with, um, with Jonathan on the organizational um, issues, but that I feel like the, the issues with organization um, all come from a place of wanting it to work. Like no one is behind the scenes like twirling their mustache saying, I want to make this Pride unorganized so that everyone hates it. Like that's not the intent. Yeah. But um <laughs> yeah. But no, I think that I think we need to we need to um the the things with that with like the bad parts or not necessarily bad but negative parts of pride those are the things that we need to work within our own communities. We need to give feedback to the pride committee. We need to send them emails. We need to like right. suggest things that we saw that were wrong. But that's something that we need to do within our own community. And not, that's not really what, yeah, and not broadcast that and make that the center of pride. We don't need to make that the focus of pride. So, so let me ask you this, Tyler, and that's, I, I'm glad you brought that up. That's a good thing. So do you think 
that we need to have some sense of code and ethics within our own community because that's what I call getting on code. That's the same thing when, I, when I'm on the Urban Wire. I said, you know, um, when I'm talking about black politics and black uh, people getting on code, we need to have a, a, a sense of ethics and code. Like, we don't need to yeah. be airing our, our dirty laundry out to the public because that yeah. kind of harmonizes because they're, you know, they'll see all this dissension and all this, uh, what I'm looking for, uh, discord and division amongst us. So that, that, that kind of pushes us back. But that's a good thing that you said. I'm glad that you brought that up. Like, do you think that there yeah. is a need for all this ethics? I definitely do. I think that. And I, I think that part of the problem we've gotten into as a queer community lately, as in, in lately as in the last 10, maybe 15 years, is there hasn't been that code. That code has fallen to the side. We're no longer the united LGBT community that we have been in the past mm. or that we could be again. And I feel like um, that's where those, are, those fracture points are where we have let outside negative influences come in and break apart our community and further marginalize people within our community. You mentioned um, mm -hmm. uh, the deaths of the multiple trans women of color in the last month who have um, been murdered um, and the outrageous attacks by our government on our trans brothers and sisters um, since this new administration has come into power. Are the outside world can see our fracture points and then they jump, they pounce, they come in and they make um, attacks on our community by using the fracture points that they see that we have opened up to them. We expose our weakness to them and they take advantage. And so can you give me that's example? why I feel like we should. Oh, um, when it comes to our own, um, uh, we, somebody mentioned Grinder earlier in the podcast and um, things like Grinder and Scruff where we have the, like, no fats, no femmes, no queers. Yeah, our own insecurities within our own community have allowed us to separate ourselves from the trans community, from uh, the out queen femme community, like, within our own communities. And those are the people that are the most marginalized, the most attacked. And we have, we as a queer community have let the outside world bully our trans brothers and sisters, have bullied our queer brothers and sisters, our, our people of color, those people of color within our communities. We've allowed them to bully those people and to attack them and to kill them because we don't, as a group, stand as a united front. So let me ask you this, Tyler, and I'm going to get everybody else's opinion mm -hmm. of this too. Do you yeah. think that it's because we have a new generation of LGBT youth that are coming up people or, or individuals that are coming up that didn't have to uh, fight or struggle. And we're gonna, this is going to segue into our next segment here in a minute. But I just wanted to get your opinion on this really quick. Do you think it's because, like, at one time we had to depend on each other and we had to be, we had to be a cohesive unit? Do you feel now that, that there's more freedoms afforded to us? And this is with any group of people that, have, that are now in a better Space in society, do you kind of feel that that's part of the reason why, you know, like you said, like we see this fracturing within our, in our community, do you think that's a part of the reason because 
now that we're it's a, it's a generation that's coming up, they didn't have to go through the struggle like those in the past. I don't know if it's necessarily a generational thing, although it, it very much might be. I, I think that just as many of our older um, LGBT people are just as guilty, I guess, of of forgetting our history and mm-hmm. um, just kind of resting on our new found acceptance in the world and they allow their own um, like privilege in this new world to let them forget of the past. I don't necessarily think it's a generational thing, but I think that Mm -hmm. we need to, as a community, remember that and be reminded that our community is still vulnerable. We are not safe. Um, I know that I feel like we as the older generation have just as much responsibility to the younger generation to tell them to be the ones that say, remember your history. This is what happened. Um, Mm -hmm. So we have just as much responsibility to our younger generation as they do to remember our past. And I feel like that's, that's more of a people have begun to rest on their privilege and the seeming acceptance that the outside world has given them to allow them to forget our past and that's not something we should ever do it's wonderful so what do, what do you guys think about that like jonathan you've been kind of quiet so what do you so what do you, you feel feel about that <laughs> uh, question that i just posed repeat the question one more time um do you think that this generation like since they they didn't have to go through some of the struggles of, of the of the former generations or the people that from the past had some of the people that kind of established the LGBT community as we know it today. Do you kind of feel like that's that's the reason why there's such a fracturing within the community? Not necessarily. Um, Because I think that every generation has to have some kind of learning curve, in a sense. Mm -hmm. Uh, I... Like, when we grew up and we finally became aware of things that were going on, um, including not only just with us as our sexuality, but just with just growing up in general, we have to learn about everything in general. And then we, I, I think we have like, to hone in on specific things to find out what our history is, what others have gone through, and to really empathize with their struggles. And then we have to put ourselves in their shoes. And Mm -hmm. eventually, I think the younger generations will come to realize that and even appreciate it. Mm -hmm. Now, as to... um, as to fracturing, um, I think that there are forces out there that are actively trying to fracture us. Um, I agree. And I, some of them are just right out there that, so that we can all see, like the Trump administration. But then there are others that aren't as noticeable. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And eventually they kind of snake their way into our community and then try to sow discord and distrust 
amongst us, and we really have to try to be aware and see what they're trying to do and fight against that. Um, sometimes it's really kind of hard to see. Um, I know that the LGBT are not a monolith. Right. And the whole reason why I say that is because in the 2016 election, 14% of LGBT voted for Trump. Ooh. Now, mm-hmm. now whether or not Ooh, they knew what they were voting for, you know, that's another topic. We'll get into that in a future show. <laughs> Bell Payton Queens, we're going to get into that. There's a chock full, I like to say. Yeah. So, You were just talking about outside forces that are yes. trying to get here. Um, and I kind of think they're, you know, as, as a tradition, like self-hating gays. Mm-hmm. Um, they are out there. And I'm not really sure if it's about education or if they need, you know, to be redirected or what. Because I, I'm trying to understand that myself. Um but I think that as we have to find a way to try to stick together. And, you know, we can beat these forces back. Yeah. And we can honestly do it, but it really just takes a lot of self-awareness uh, and education to push back those forces that are going against us. Mm-hmm. All right. Before we move on to, to the next yeah. topic. Sexuals 
or cross-dressers or, or, you know, people who identify a certain gender? No. But that does not give me the right or any person the right for that matter to say, oh, these are horrible people based on the way they look because you don't even know. I mean, it wasn't long ago that someone called me a pervert just because I came out. How would you how would you know? Uh, how would you, how would you know how a person uh, what a person is based on what they look like when you've never even walked a day in their shoes when you've never talked to them or you know sat with them? Some people treat us like we're diseased. And, you know, it's, it's funny because all of us, between all of us, we were all born in the 80s. Mm-hmm. I was born mm-hmm. in 1989. And for a lot of people in 1989, um, being a Hoosier, I, did, I never knew who Ryan White was. Yeah. Uh, a, a 12-year-old kid who died from HIV due to a blood transfusion who wasn't even gay. Did, probably didn't even know what it, what it meant. And he already had the whole town... Uh, you know, yeah, Kokomo. You know, I'm not dissing Kokomo. I'm just saying back then, they they labeled this this kid every name imaginable, and I didn't know who Ryan White was until I saw the exhibit at the Children's Museum. And you know, and I was a baby. Not not only when Ryan White was you know on his deathbed, but the first Bush administration had. Uh, had uh, denied funding for HIV-AIDS research for medications and possibly prevention, which we are now benefiting in 2019, 30 years later. So the thing about it is what Jonathan said, you know, we we have to come together in, you know, and what you said, Tyler, as, you know, as far as unifying as a group, the thing about it is if you know what it's like to be, to be ousted and to be singled out and to be judged, why would you do that to people in your own community? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, what really infuriates me is that when I, when I did come out and when I tried to meet other people in the community, the first thing that I heard was, oh, I'm sorry, no fats, no femmes, no blacks, no ricers, no beaners, no this, no that. Are you serious? Mm-hmm. So, Mm-hmm. If if we're about community, then why are we labeling each other these things that cause division? So this is a better time than ever to be a family because you know, like like I said, you know, the older generation, which you know, I I talk to a lot of people in the older generation, and it's like what what Seneca said, you know, some of them they really did have to stick together. And for those of you who watch, you know, FX or Netflix, I really think you should watch Pose. Mm-hmm. We're going to talk about this mm-hmm. show a little bit. Yep. And then the documentary, mm-hmm. Paris Vernon, that talks about the underground ballroom culture. We yeah. of color have coined as, you know, our, you know, our crowning achievement in trying to come together as a group of, of vagabonds and rejected people who got kicked out of their parents' homes. Back then, that was the place to be. That was the place of community. They would take you in, feed you, clothe you, and you, and, you know, we need that here. We need that again. Because, you know, whether you're part of an older or younger generation, we all know what it's like to feel rejected, whether it's by our parents or by our friends or even by our, our country. 
But we are people. That's what pride should be, is, is, is telling people we are people. We're still human, okay? We should not look at each other based on our preferences or our orientation or whatever nonsense. We should look at each other based on what our names are, what we like to do, what we do as a career, what we, what our hopes, what our dreams are. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that's the thing about it. That's what pride means to me. And, mm-hmm. you know, we shouldn't just use it as a superficial term during a pride event, like a parade or, you know, or a get-together. No, it should be all year round. Uh, we have a comment that just came in. Um, we had in the chat. And I'm going to read this. This came from Lauren. She, she writes, how can someone be upset about others showing hate towards them about being gay, but yet they show hate towards their own LGBTQ family? That's hypocritical, and that's exactly what you just said. Mm-hmm, that's exactly what I just said. Mm-hmm. Because, because when I came out, I wasn't expecting this. I wasn't expecting to feel like I was in high school where everyone is in a clique after lunch. I was I was shocked, honestly, because mm-hmm. I thought by coming out, like most people, you will finally get friends that get you. But it's going to be free. I'll tell you, I had that same experience coming out because you have, like when you, especially when you turn of age to be able to actually go out to the bars, go out and mingle more and stuff like that, I had a totally different like what I thought in my mind versus what I actually experienced were two different things. Now when I was like, man, I'm so happy I can go out now. I can meet people and just have a good time, um, just be around people that are like me. But when I went out, it was just like, especially here in Indianapolis, I can't speak for anywhere else because this is where I'm from. You know, even though I've been to other places, been to other cities and stuff, but it's so clickish. Like from a person. I feel more love in some of the straight bars and establishments than in the gay gay establishments. It's so bubble. It's like so clickish. Like you can't penetrate that bubble. Like people have their own sex, their own bubbles, their own. You you. It's hard to be someone that's coming out of the closet, going into these social spaces and trying to get to know people Mm -hmm. and stuff like that. And then even when you get to know people, you have to worry about. Am I penetrating, or am I, or, or am I getting into a circle that is problematic? Like, or, because there are, although you may find refuge, quote unquote, with a group of gays. Like, sometimes these people can be toxic. You don't know. It's so it's it's diff, it's very difficult to find spaces where we can be comfortable amongst positive, like, or. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. it, it, you see what I'm saying? It, it should not, the gay yeah. app should transcend to the bars. Yeah. It should not, we're, we're, in a, we're in a live gay app where we're just letting people as we go to get our drink. Yeah. Whatever happens to do, talking to people and saying, hi, how you doing? And then we get, you know, we get the cold shoulder and everyone's just buried in their phones. Mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah, so like, you know, Seneca, you're right. I mean, in some places other than the gay bar, you know, we, we do feel, you know, like we're included. But it shouldn't be like that. Yeah. <laughs> Agreed. I think uh I think you said it best when you were saying that uh people get this idea that if you don't want to fuck someone, you don't want to hang out with them. That's first of all gross and also just 
a ridiculous like that's not how that's how you become friends with someone but yeah i i would love to challenge everyone here like us and the people listening and watching like be the accepting, be the outgoing, be the inclusive person that you want to, to see, that you wanted, that you needed. That's the only way that it's ever going to change is if we as individuals decide that I'm going to be the person who says, like that person who comes up to me in the bar and starts talking to me or that person who I beat that maybe I don't want to have sex with, maybe I don't have anything in common with them, talk to them. Be the outgoing, be the accepting, be the person that they need at that moment because they they are worthy of that. Each of us right. are worthy of that. Now I'm gonna say this, Tyler, because I and I want y'all to chime in on this. Do you think that's probably why a lot of the gay bars are dying off? Because now the the straight people, like the straight quote unquote straight community or the straight bars, are taking advantage of like we we aren't getting this thing right so now they're taking over over (laughs) and they're all we're gonna we're gonna oh we're gonna be welcoming we're gonna get these gay dollars and stuff like that so we're still gonna be straight doing it right so that's probably why you know a lot of the gay bars are dying out because of all this foolishness that we have going on within the gay community so like now the straight people say oh we're gonna capitalize off these queers even though we we really we don't care, you know what I'm saying? They, it's all about the dollar, and we need to. Like coveting us. Yeah, so it's like we better get this thing together before we our community totally dies off, because everybody's benefiting off of us. Like you see these prizes now, they're all corporate sponsored, and I was like, I was talking to Jonathan like years ago. People even five years ago, people wouldn't even want to even have their brand attached to the LGBT community. You know what I'm saying? But now they see that there is money and there's profit within attaching themselves to our community. Now they're taking taking over and they're taking advantage of what we should have been tapping into years ago. Nice. Well, I was skeptic about it. Agreed. Right. Agreed. To corporate. The- I, I feel like we had the we have we've seen that. There I, I don't know if any of the rest of you saw the 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 issues that are going down in Chicago with one of their bars, um, and the music selection that they've like stopped playing certain music because they don't want to be like, because, uh, uh, it's associated with like people of color and like, and like, it's those kinds of decisions that we make in our own communities, that these bars, that these gay people make that are fracturing our community, that are breaking it apart and that are letting, um, these corporate sponsors, quote unquote, come in and use our community to make money. So, in other words, we're victims of our own success. <laughs> in as much, yeah, kind of. <laughs> it's sad yeah. to say, but we've we become so used to being accepted that we feel like we don't have to be accepting. Okay. I want to give a shout out to um, Davion. He is a he is a very popular YouTube commentator on YouTube, and he talks about a lot of LGBT issues. Beautiful person, just just all around, just positive energy. I want to give him a shout out. He's in the chat right now, and he's going to probably be calling here in a little bit. 
Okay. But I just wanted to let 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 you know that we do um, have the lines open for anybody that wants to call in. And um, for those who want to call in, you can call in at 646-595-3515. Once again, that's 646-595-3515. So um, we're going to move on really quick, and I'm going to wait for him to call in because I'm, 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 I'm watching the lines to see when that number pops up. But I'm going to go to a clip because we need to kind of break down the history behind Pride because a lot of people don't know what Pride is. A lot of people think that Pride is just this yearly thing that we have in multiple cities where we just come and dance, party, uh, just, you know, go in, have a good time, go forth, you know. But I want to go to a clip uh, that was that was put out there by History by the History Channel, and it's, it's about like a three or four minute clip, just kind of breaking down the history behind Pride, because as you guys know, we are now celebrating the 50th year mm -hmm. of Stonewall, mm -hmm. yep. and I feel that mm -hmm. we need to all know why we celebrate Pride and the significance behind it. So after I play this clip, I'm going to come back with the rest of my commentary. In the early morning hours of June 28, 1969, a riot broke out in front of the Stonewall Inn in New York City. The violent protest became known as the Stonewall Riots. The Stonewall Riots were a watershed moment in the gay rights movement, sparking activism and awareness across the United States. We'll look at the roots of the riots, the events, and their lasting impact. In the 1950s and 60s, homosexuality was still considered sodomy, and illegal in 49 states. The punishments varied greatly by state, ranging from heavy fines to imprisonment. In society, members of the gay community were often subject to violence, harassment, and discrimination. In New York City, gay bars were havens for people with diverse sexual orientations and gender identities, places where they could avoid harassment and violence. The Stonewall Inn served as a popular refuge. The Stonewall Inn was owned by the mafia, the Mafia bribed the police to look the other way. In turn, the Mafia made money overcharging patrons for drinks. Even so, the patrons were not fully safe from homophobia and discrimination. The Mafia would extort wealthy patrons, threatening to out them to their employers and families. Despite the Mafia's bribes, the police still regularly raided the Stonewall Inn and other gay bars, charging them with solicitation of homosexual relations. Trans and other gender non-conforming people were also targeted, subjected to violence, and arrested if they weren't wearing what the police deemed gender-appropriate clothing. This oppression and mistreatment came to a head in the early morning hours of June 28, 1969. Nine police officers entered the Stonewall Inn in a raid. The patrons were fed up. As the police roughly tried to arrest bartenders and customers, many resisted. Outside the bar, people in the hundreds began rioting. They threw bottles at the police and pushed through the barricades. The police officers retreated from the crowd and locked themselves inside the Stonewall Inn. Rioters responded by setting the bar on fire. Police reinforcement arrived, and the original officers managed to get out of the burning bar. Meanwhile, the angry mob had grown into thousands. Eventually, the police were able to get the crowd to disperse but it didn't last long. The riots continued until July 1st. While some criticized the violent and destructive riots, 
Others pointed to the brutality and unjust treatment of the gay community. This large-scale defiance made a massive impact on society. The Stonewall Riots were the beginning of the modern gay liberation movement, which also brought attention to others marginalized for their sexual or gender orientation. The riots sparked the formation of the Gay Liberation Front, the first group to publicly advocate for equal gay rights. On the one-year anniversary of the riots, they also organized the first Gay Pride Parade. Today, Pride events are still held on the anniversary of the Stonewall Riots in cities around the country and even the world. In 2016, President Obama made the Stonewall Inn and the area outside where the riots broke out a national monument. This became the first national monument celebrating gay history. The Stonewall Riots may have been violent, but they marked a pivotal moment in history. No longer would people quietly endure the stigma associated with their sexual and gender orientation. Through the Stonewall Riots, the gay rights movement gained mainstream visibility and a momentum that continues to this day. All right, we are back. So for those of you who didn't know a lot of this information, I believe that that clip uh, very well put that into context mm -hmm. in what we're talking about. And Philip, he already started the conversation about what is Pride, so we're going to get into that now. Um, but before we do, do that, I just want to tell you guys, I apologize in the chat. I put in the wrong number. I typed it in wrong. The number, once again, is 646-595-3515. So I hope if Davion um, got that wrong number, I hope he sees that. But um, we have another comment from Lauren. She says, I feel as though everyone deserves love no matter where it comes from. I was taught to love people no matter what type of lifestyle they live. Love towards others always conquers all. I love y'all from the moon and back, and I support y'all always and forever. So that, that comes from Lauren. So we want to thank you, Lauren. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for first of all, everybody that has been listening to us. We really appreciate our allies of our LGBTQ family. So now we already got your your point of view on what Pride is, Jonathan. What's that to you? We have about twenty, little less, about twenty five minutes. So we're gonna kind of move along. But I want you to tell me what is Pride to you. Um, I'm just going to kind of put this as simply and succinctly as I can. Um, it's just being able to live my life without fear, without judgment. And um, that's what I want for everyone else. And feel free to love who you love. Um, and live my life. That's it. That, to me, that's as, as simple as I can put it. That sounds good. Tyler, what's pride to you? Um, I, I kind of want to echo Jonathan a little bit, but I want to say that pride is about being honest with yourself about who you are. Yeah. Pride starts inside. It's not something that, you know, starts with, you know, waving flags on the street. It's It's something that starts inside of you, and it's something that you have to, a place you have to get to, with your own emotions, with your own mind, within yourself, um, before it can be shown outside. It's something that you need to be able to feel. You need to feel honestly and truly yourself to be able to love who you want to love, to be able to be who you are, 
um, in this world, you have to be strong, and that strength comes from inside, and that strength comes from your own pride. Amen. Ooh, I like that. Amen to that. Ooh, he did that. Sorry, I don't. I, I, I want to contribute to this too, um, because you know, like so, you know, I, I'm not trying to talk myself, everyone. I mean, I just really feel like. You know, what Tyler said is true. I mean, that's what pride starts with, starts with yourself. And, you know, for me, it, it's not really what it means to be gay. It's like what it means to be comfortable in your own skin. You know, there's a lot mm-hmm. of people who suffer from depression, mental illness, mental stability, a lot of tension, and even self-hatred. I mean, it's really hard when you have this, secret that you've been caring for a long time and you know you have loving parents too now my parents you know they you know they didn't do what most parents did in the early 2000s kick you out of the house you know threaten to disown you but it does it does pain you when you are constantly told well maybe you haven't found the right woman or maybe maybe it's just a phase or you know maybe you know, maybe things will change, or you know, maybe something happened in your in your childhood. But you see, it's it's none of those things. You know, it's just some people need to accept. There are some people who are attracted to what they're attracted to, mm-hmm. and that doesn't and that shouldn't be something to define them only as a person. Right. That's just a part of them. Mm-hmm. And to mm-hmm. to make that to accept that within yourself and say, I'm not a bad person. This is who I am. And I'm okay with it, you know. I, and I don't care what anyone else says. If they do, if they will, if they're not willing to accept me for who I am, then they should not be a part of my life. Mm-hmm. That's what pride is. Pride is accepting the fact that not everyone is going to like you, not everyone is going to accept you. But at the same time, you as a gay person shouldn't, you know, shouldn't be bitter towards them. There are mm-hmm. just some people who just don't understand. And it might take them a long time for them to to realize that, you know, this guy is a human being and not just a gay man. Mm-hmm. He's a man or a gay woman. She's a woman or a person or people who don't identify with the gender. They're still people. And, you know, you, you, may, you may not have to accept me or anyone else here in this conversation. But all, that, all we ask is that, you know, take the time to know us before you make a judgment about us. Right. And so, if a lot more self-hating gays actually did that, then we wouldn't, we wouldn't, there wouldn't be any need for this toxic, toxic behavior. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll just, I'll just say this really quick. Um, to me, I'm, I guess I'm at a point in my life where it's just beyond. Okay, I don't necessarily care if you believe that gay people, like I, I don't care what you believe about gay people. That's just whatever. But to me. <laughs> With me, with me being, <laughs> with me being a tax-paying citizen and being a citizen of this country, yeah. I want equal protection under the law. I want to be able to not live in fear of being attacked, uh, not only to be on the street or just people on the street, but by our law enforcement and our our government mm-hmm. officials. I feel that. We that's why we have to value our vote. We have to leverage our vote because these people are getting their office and they're changing all this legislation and doing this, that, and the other. 
And you know who I blame? I blame us because we're not getting involved. We're not vetting these people. We don't know where they stand on these issues. Mm-hmm. And either by you sitting at home not voting or you not getting involved with your legislator, not reading up on these issues, knowing where these people stand, you are a part of the problem. And people don't want to hear that. And I'm sorry you, you don't want to hear that, but I feel that if you are not a part of the solution, you are a part of the problem. Yes. You, so, you can't afford mm-hmm. to be complacent, especially for this next coming election in 2020. Yes. No, don't just, especially not just gays, people, but people of color and women too, uh, regardless of what political party you believe in, Seneca's right. Um, I would just say it like this. Don't have this, I don't care who wins as long as they beat the other guy attitude. That kind of nonsense is what got us to where we are now in our mm-hmm. current state of our government. So it is not, it's not, you know, your president's fault or your congress's fault. It's you as the voter. If you didn't pay attention to what was going on or if you just simply did not vote because you don't think it matters, well, honey, let me tell you something. It does matter. Right. So please mm-hmm. pay attention to what's going on. All right, yeah, I'm going to mm-hmm. chime in, jump in here really quick. I believe this is Davion that's calling in from Conscious TV. Um, we're going to go to the lines, and we're going to get his perspective on the topic today. Caller 8437070. Is this Debian? You better not call my whole number out yesterday. I, you, you know I ain't going to do that because you know these people out here, these crazy people out here. I know. <laughs> but yeah, I just want to thank you first of all. Like I'm telling you, like if you guys have not checked out his content
I feel like I don't know why we abandon these conversations, and I don't know why we act like there's not a big elephant in the room as it relates to the mental health of LGBT people across the board, not to mention uh, the lack of intersectionality that exists within black queer people within these spaces. Because you have the issue of being a black American, and then you also have the issue of being trans and or homosexual and or lesbian. So I appreciate this conversation. Now, as it relates to pride, um, pride to me, simply put, within the context, is just being celebratory of truth. And it's about being able to stand in uh, the indefinite reality of yourself. Those would be the things that are the absolutes about who you are, the absolutes about your essence as an individual. So taking pride in anything that makes you who you are and being able to hold on to that and be empowered by that, irregardless of the external circumstances, is what pride is. So in the instance of us, that would be uh, being sexually, gender, and sensually liberated within ourselves and having full agency over our own attitude toward ourselves and not kind of partaking in the apple of society that tells you that you are something other than normal, you are something other than human, you are something other than natural, and just being able to um, walk in immunity to that and, and to prioritize your own feelings and to prioritize your own attitude over self, irregardless of the external resistance to that. And I, I believe you, you definitely you hit the nail right on the head. Um, as far as like your experiences as being a member of the LGBT community, what is your coming out story? And especially in your part of the country, like how is the gay community? Is it, is it as cohesive as you as it should be? And as far as like racial relations, like how is it, you know within the community? How how is that in your opinion? Uh, that's an interesting question. Um, I know, I know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that's a multifaceted uh, question because here in the South, I mean, I'm in South Carolina, so obviously, like, race relations are a huge deal. And unfortunately, the gay community here in South Carolina is very much so segregated. There is white pride, there's black pride, there's white clubs, there's black gay clubs. There's an obvious um, lack of intersectionality on both ends. And, um, I mean, I guess my experience in terms of coming out, uh, I had a rather pleasant experience uh, in terms of my support system. Like, my family didn't give me too much of a hard time. Um, my, my friends didn't give me too much of a hard time. But my my the biggest thorn in my ass in terms of – the things that I battled with had to do with uh, spirituality, just being raised with Christian beliefs, wanting to have a relationship, a thorough, healthy, and intimate relationship to God, and having that intersected by this issue of sexuality. Like, how can I be close to God as a same gender-loving man? How can I nurture my, my own spirituality within the context of Christian theology and uh, that really was something that brought me so much depression that I almost, I mean, that I contemplated suicide as a teenager because 
I, I just couldn't wrap my mind around how to combat the issue of my sexual identity with my spiritual identity. So for me, I didn't have a lot of issues in terms of uh, the community at large. I do understand a lot of the issues. I mean, there is a lot of self-hate within this community, even as changing the loving men. There's still even mm-hmm. a discrimination that changing the loving men have toward trans women specifically. And uh, there's a lot of ignorance even within within our community surrounding gender identity and gender expression. So you even have privilege that exists within this marginalized group. You have tops who are celebrated over bottoms. You have the concept of being the bottom used as a way to incite degradedness uh, upon one another as if to bottom or to be the receiver or to be the submissive principle in a relationship is somehow an insult. Uh, you have this issue of the glorification of masculinity, and yeah. then you get into the issue of trade. You get into the issue of, uh, you know, why is why is someone more masculine, more celebrated, rather than somebody more feminine in this community? Why are all the men crushed Mondays, some dripping, large body, you know, Fabio as a symbol? You know, then we get into just even the body types and the vanity of the community. I mean, there's 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 a lot there, and right. even not celebrating people who look commercially attractive. But you know, I feel, but I think it's easy on our community as it relates to some of our superficial, vain um, standards, because I realize that when you strip people of their ability to relate to God. They can't develop their their self in any other capacity other than through materialistic standards. So you're going to tell me that I mean nothing to the creator of this universe. Well, I have to find my meaning somewhere. So I'm going to find my value in this society based upon how I look, based upon how I live, based upon what I drive, based upon what I own, based upon my visibility and my popularity because you've stripped away my inner essence but yet I still have to thrive and I have to be here and I have to have some form of a self-esteem, mm. even if I am developing that self-esteem in these egregious, egoic-ass ways. So I feel like the vanity is the side effect of, of LGBT people not being aligned spiritually. So it, it's a problem, but I understand why it looks the way that it looks. Yeah, I, will, I just want to thank you for calling in. Um, we're going to have to get you on here, like, uh, in, again in the future. Because I know we've we got, like, about uh, 12 minutes left in our podcast. Um, but I really want to thank you. I just want to tell you that we appreciate having voices like you in the community because so many times we don't get that spiritual aspect of who we are. Like, we talk about everything else, but I think the spiritual aspect is just as important as all the other elements that we're talking about. Yes. So we're going to definitely going to have to have you on this show again. Yeah, please do. Um, because I just believe in the work that you're doing. And, you know, I just feel that we need to start. Because I, I know you can relate to this. I, I'm all for, uh, you know, for having a little fun, roasting, gagging or whatever. But mm-hmm. so many times I see on platforms like YouTube, we're not using these platforms effectively like we need to, especially in this time that we're living in. There's so many serious things that we need to be tackling as uh, 
people of the LGBT community, especially those in the uh, people of color in the LGBT community. So I want to thank you for, you know, just having a platform where it's just positive energy and just positivity in general. Absolutely. Absolutely. Like, I would love to have a full-on conversation about this. And, you know, I just started my podcast, so I would love to have you guys on and to kind of yes. have this conversation yeah. for sure. So I'll be definitely yeah. interested in that. Uh, yeah, and, I, and I'll, I'll be in touch with you and, and you know, um, okay. for sure. All right. Very Huh? Yes, you guys keep up the good work. I bless y'all and what Thank y'all you. doing. Please keep these conversations going. Like, I love it. All right. Yeah, thank you, Davion. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. All right, guys. We have a few more minutes left in the uh, in the podcast. I wanted to get on um, for the last couple minutes. Post, like, Post is coming back this Tuesday, June yeah. 11th. Woo. Oh, my God. I can't so, wait. Y'all have been waiting on this new season for Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, mean, I didn't even know there was a new season because, personally, we don't have access to FX because it just the first season came on Netflix. So I don't know how long it'll be before it's on Netflix again. But probably another year. Yeah. <laughs> but I really Dude, I can so help you. We're gonna we're gonna have a watch party. We'll have to have a watch party. Can we please do that? Y'all wanna do that? Like yeah. That? Okay. Yeah. But yeah. Um. Yeah, I, I just feel yeah. that this this show is definitely. I think it is it is a a, a show that it's, it's a landmark as far as like entertainment is concerned because we've never had us. We've had shows that are geared towards. I mean, we we've had that, but I just think with it just being so yeah. raw and just being upfront and honest about you know the underground um, this scene show that needed to be made. Yeah, it was definitely needed to be made. And I think a lot of people can identify with the characters on post. So I'm glad that they they were they were willing to take that um risk by delving into that. Yeah. Because I mean, I, yeah. and that's why and I was saying earlier. Characters. Yeah. Not just the characters, the actors too. The meta the whole meta thing behind that show is that we have um what? Six? main characters who are played or trans women who are played by actual trans women, which is exactly yes. it's a like representation. hmm oh, yeah, I mean what's great about well, here's what I really like about this show. It makes it gives you a it gives you a newfound uh perspective of trans people. For people mm-hmm. who don't really know a whole lot about the trans community. Like you're able to identify with the main characters. And because because beforehand, if when you, when you didn't see a show like this, you would be like, oh, who's this? Are they a woman or a man? I can't tell. But when you watch Pose, that doesn't matter because you get to see into their lives. You get to mm-hmm. see, you know, that it's not mm-hmm. just about all culture. It's about survival. These people really have mm-hmm. to survive during that time. Yeah. And, you know, mm-hmm. I didn't know anything about ball culture and so um, Jonathan told me about the documentary Paris is Burning. So Pose is kind of like an extension of that. So mm-hmm. I did not watch I did not know anything about voguing. I didn't know anything about you know ballroom culture or the terms like 
what it means to slay or the face or the body. I'm like, no one realizes that a lot of people tend to use these phrases as if they coined them themselves, but they didn't. It was a it was a community underground in New York City, a group of 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 people of color who were trans, who were gay, who came up with this culture that we are now glorifying in 2019. Now everyone's using the word slay and oh and work, bitch, and all that. Appropriation of our culture. That's this the culture that if you want to talk about cultural appropriation, that is a perfect example. I mean, hell, we're not we're not strangers to that. (laughs) So. um, as for me, um, I have it, it's been a while since I've actually found a show where not only does it speak to me, but I've been so emotionally invested in it, and I honestly cannot wait for the next episode. And I don't binge watch it because I because they only have eight episodes, so I just made it mm-hmm. to where I just one episode a week, mm-hmm. and. Mm-hmm. Uh, it just it just really got to me in mm-hmm. some areas, especially during the height of the AIDS crisis, when you actually got to see the nitty gritty of what happens to these people when they get the virus mm-hmm. and they have to give it their all. And it, it it was incredibly um, disturbing, enlightening, and, and a whole host of other emotions that I just really can't describe. Mm-hmm. Right, mm-hmm. These people who were like RuPaul said it. They were not lip syncing, but they were just, they were working for their legacy, for their lives. Wow. Because really, yes. they they were on borrowed time. Yeah, that's true. Oh my God! I mean, it was sad. These these bubbly people, you would have never thought that they were facing death. I mean, we we should be thankful. We should all be very thankful that. 30 years later, we don't have to worry about HIV being a death sentence. Right. Because back then, it was limited resources, limited technology. Like, if you had to really live your life to the fullest. Hey, Phil, let me yeah. jump in here. Please. Um, let me jump in here real quick, guys. We have one more caller, and I'm going to have them. Um, they have a, about a minute to um, say what they have to say, because we're going to be getting off the air pretty soon. It's a 574 number. It's my hometown. Yay. All right. Um. Area code five seven four. You're online. Um, do you have a question or a comment? Or are you just um, listening? Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Okay, yeah. Um, I don't know. I just really I'm at the job and I can't really listen on the computer, so I call. Well, really, I got nothing. I was just continue listening. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I can hear yeah. you. Yeah, y'all ain't nothing. I'm just going to continue to listen. I just had to call because I can't use computers to do it. That's all I got. Okay, I appreciate you. Just keep on supporting us and listening to us, and we want to thank you for just joining us for our first show. And, um, yeah, just thank you. I appreciate the, the, the encouragement. So keep keep a look out. We're gonna be doing some great things. All right. All right. All right, guys. We have a, about a minute and a half left. I just want to thank you. This show to me was a major success. The first episode. Um, I we're gonna probably do 
um, two hours. I think two hours would be good. Cause I, I was just testing out the hour and a half and see where it would go. But I think two hours would be sufficient for this broadcast. So, I mean, what do you guys think about the success for, of the show? Do you, do you guys think that it went well for the first time? Yeah. Yeah. I would do it yeah. again. Yeah, please. Yeah, thanks, Seneca, for having us on your inaugural show. I mean, this yes. is great. We, I can't wait for the next one. Personalities call in. We didn't have these people. I mean, I just want to thank everybody. Like, I mean, I know the comment section on my Facebook Live has been lit and everything. Um, like, uh, there's been so many people that just have been watching tonight. So we're gonna be. This is not gonna be the last show. We're gonna have guests come on. We're gonna. It's gonna develop over time. So just stay with us. And anybody else have anything else to say before we jump off? Or Tyler, I want to thank you too. We've been talking about doing this for almost over six months. Like, so I'm yeah. glad we got this. I'm happy that this has just been a positive show. No drama, no negativity. And that's that's what we're about on this network. Yeah. So, I'm, I know we got. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm so glad. I'm so glad that we got to do this. Spread the word to everyone. For so long. Yeah. All right. Well, I will talk to you guys off the line. Um, we, we might stay on Facebook Live for a little while longer. Um, the, the, the stream is just have, has went off now, but we're, we're still on um, Facebook Live. So I guess this kind of be like our little after show or whatever. But um, I just want to use this as an opportunity to um, tell everybody to check us out on YouTube because I'm going to place this up on our YouTube channel at the Urban Wire Media Network, and also we're going to be having this show. The show's going to be on Spotify, iTunes, TuneIn, and Google. So we're going to be on various platforms. So when I said we're going to do something big, I, I meant we're going to do something big. So uh, spread the word. Um, I know between us, we know a lot of people in the LGBT community, so I feel that we need to be spreading this word, you know, because I, I feel that mm -hmm. in Indianapolis, I think we do have great potential here, and I think this would be a tool to kind of, like, promote our city, you know, so mm -hmm. uh, I don't know. I mean, what what do you, so what do you guys think, like, should we do this on, a, like, every two weeks, kind of, like, you know, yeah. since everybody's schedule, like, two weeks so you don't so get burned up. Yeah. I mean, Yes, if we can try to keep it on a on a weekend day, that would be perfect. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, and especially with my work schedule now, like um, I'm gonna be having over the next couple, like three weeks. So uh, I, this Sunday is a good day. I think it's a real chill, relaxed day. Not people do anything on Sunday. So you know, I know on Sundays yeah. and Saturdays and stuff like people are busy, but I think on Sunday people can unwind and just, you know, chill and, and you know, it, I, I think this is a good day. Yeah. Yeah. yeah schedule. Uh, uh, every other Sunday works for me. Okay. And if you guys know anybody else that would call in the show or want to be on the, like, be like on the, um, what's the, the panel, like, just, just let me know, like, anybody that wants to you know, sponsor the show or you want to advertise on the show, just email me at seharris02 at gmail.com. Um, some of you might even have my, my uh, be on my Facebook page, send me a message or whatever, but really trying to make this a big thing. 
Um, and I, I'm glad that we were able to actually get this up and off the ground because we've been talking about this for months. And I'm glad that yeah. I was just like, we might as well just go on here and do it, talking about it, <laughs> and just get it off the ground. <laughs> so this is just going to be one of many shows on my network. We already have two. This is show number two that's on the Urban Wire Network. We do have the um, Urban Wire podcast um, where we talk about a lot of news and politics in a general, like, in, you know, generally, but this is going to be aimed more towards LGBTQ issues, and I'm going to be getting more content creators, people that are um, in entertainment and stuff like that, so be on the look at, like, my vision for the show is going to be something major, so um, if you guys know anybody that you want interviewed, or if you've got a story that you want to tell on the show, just feel free to reach out to me, like, this is the community's platform. This is not my platform. This is the community's platform. So if you have a story that you get that's going to be beneficial to the people. Yeah. We want to hear more people. On yeah. There. So it's just yeah. about empowerment. I'm just not, I mean, it's it's already enough roasting and gagging going on out here. I just, uh-huh. you know, and you don't know, talk about entertainment and stuff, but I just want to keep this positive, you know. Yeah. So I, mean, I do like a good roasting, but we, you know. Yeah, we we need to yeah get serious because I mean with 2020 coming like we 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 don't have time to be playing around we really don't like I see so many yeah. things that are being reversed as far as legislation is concerned like uh I mean hell we look at stuff dealing with the whole entire abortion type the topic you know mm-hmm. topic of abortion that could yeah. even have the possibility of being reversed so like like I'm saying like. It's them today, but it could be us tomorrow. You know what I'm saying? So we have to really be serious about what is going on in government. We can't sit back back and say, have this, you know, with our heads in the sand being like, well, this doesn't impact me. So I don't, you know, I'm not worrying about it. Because like I said, it could be one group today of people that are being marginalized, and it could be you tomorrow. So we have to really be Mm -hmm. serious about this thing, guys. So... Yeah, that's all I have to say. So, I agree. That is. So, anybody got anything else to say? I feel like we should save it for the next time. All right. <laughs> we'll be all right. Thank you, Tyler. Yeah, we'll, we'll, I've got to save stuff for next time. I've got to save stuff for next time. No, let's have that post first. I really want to see the second. It's going to be Tuesday, though, ain't it? It's, it's coming on Tuesday, ain't it? I gotta find out. I thought it was a okay. Sunday. This is affecting me. Okay, I, we'll, we'll talk about it off the air. We'll, we'll set it up. Definitely. All right, guys. Bye, Tyler. Bye-bye. Bye, bye. See ya. Bye.